am I making myself a drink first? Because I'm going to make a drink either way. The question is, are we doing it on camera or not? That's the real question. All right. So are we going to just do it? Are we doing it? Are we drinking? Yeah, fuck it. I'll go get it. What do I need, actually, for the rum oh, drink? God damn it. Welcome, everybody, to a third episode of Two Legitimate, number three for Two Legitimate. I'm Brian Kluger, and I'm joined by the co-host with the most, the funkiest man i ever been around since the early 2000s, Wade Davis. Hey, what's up, Brian? It's me. What the funk? <laughs> <laughs> Wade, all you need to do is put a little funk in your heart. Just put a little funk in your heart. <laughs> we're going to get funky today, aren't we? Is that we're what gonna we're going to do? Yes, we are going to get real funky today here on Two Legitimate. This episode is all about funk and funkiness. We're going to be talking about funk music, funk movies, funky movies, and maybe some funky food, like some funky cheeses, some funky meats. Put them on a board, and you got yourself a charcuterie brewing, baby. Oh. You've got some funky opinions on stuff that I'm going to have to correct, too. So we're going to be able to really just knock a whole bunch of things out of the park on this one. We are, we are, we are. Um, but first, but first, we've kind of got to, we got to got to start at uh at our cocktail hour you know like we need to loosen it up with a little cocktails we do we do so you know go to youtube brian kluger search that and you'll see our previous episode on our cocktail um where we made a cuban martini which was super great and fun and sweet but this time for this episode for our cocktail hour on two legitimate we are making a rum old-fashioned, which is, you know, that's the funky version of the regular old-fashioned, right, Wade? It's funky. It's funky. Yeah, but I want to get into funky rum a little bit, too, because it's kind of an important part of funk, at least in my world, from the tiki kind of element of it. Funk is really important. But let's make this drink, and we can talk about it as we go. What do you say? Let's do this. All right. Shall we get going? Let's get a glass out. All right. Got I'm going to get this glass out. Um, I got my glass. Beautiful. That's see. a really style in there. Yeah, really it's, cool. it's, old, it's funky, isn't it? Yeah, it's 50s. Yes. Like, okay, so then get a sugar cube. Now, everybody's had like, or, you know, not everybody's had an old fashioned, I'm sure, but you should. It's old school. It's awesome. Made with whiskey. But the, the, if you say only get that sugar cube out and pop it in your glass. If you're going to say that old fashions can only be made with whiskey, you're really limiting yourself. You have like a Oaxacan old fashioned that's made out of like tequila or mezcal. That's awesome. And here we're making a rum old fashioned that's guess what? Made with rum. And so to me, one of the, we got the sugar in there, right? Now we need to get some bitters. Do you have any? Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold well, on. I want, I want to do the, this, this awesome thing. I want to say, I want to say, ingredients here's our ingredients sugar cube bam <laughs> i've never seen a more dramatic sugar cube dropped into a glass before that's i mean that's a michael bay stuff right there awesome all right what are, do we have some dramatic bitters that we, can we do have in? dramatic bitters we we're not gonna at... light it on fire or anything 
Um, I've, I'm always, I, I can never pronounce um, Angostura. No, well, you still can't today. You still can't. It's Angostura bitters. So what did I say? No, not that. Angostura bitters. They're aromatic bitters. It's awesome. I myself, I'm using from Bitter Cube. There's a, I'm, I'm in the Seattle area and in Tacoma, there's actually a really cool tiki bar called Devil's Reef. And, and as you can see here, Bitter Cube makes a Devil's Reef blend of bitters, which is awesome too. But Angostura is the old school, the classic, go with it. So I'm going to put two, three drops of bitters on top of that sugar cube. Whoa, that was more than... Rum has some natural sweetness. I mean, it's usually made from sugar cane or molasses. So having some bitters in there kind of helps to balance it out even more so. So I don't mind even if you get a little heavier handed than you would with like a whiskey old fashioned typically. I got a little bit more in there. That sugar is brown now. Beautiful. Now then, do you have something to muddle? Oh, I am muddling all day, yo. All right. So we're going to muddle it up. I'm going to try and make as much a piece as possible. I'm muddling. Muddle it. Awesome. Now, what I usually do here to help me out a little bit is I put like a little bit of rum in there first to kind of help loosen it up further or whiskey or whatever I'm making it old fashioned with. Okay. Um, so do you, what rum are you going to use today? Um, I have this uh, very funky rum called Diplomatico. Diplomatico is not that funky. We're going to talk about what is funky rum here in a minute, but Diplomatico is a great rum. It's like I've actually picked a couple of what are defined as funky rums. And funky rums are usually centralized to Jamaica, although they do have some in elsewhere places, but Jamaica is known for funk rums. I got one that's pretty, should be pretty accessible for everybody here. This is called Smith and Cross. So if you see this out there, it's a really good, really good and decent priced funky rum. You can you can go with there. But today for this rum old fashioned, I'm going to be having plantation Zymaka here, which is a dry rum. This one's awesome. It's actually Zymaka is, you know, the Arawaks actually settled into Jamaica and Zymaka was actually what they named the islands of Jamaica at the time. And so this is like actually the plantations version of trying to go back to that old school sort of um, traditional. This is 100% pot still rum. It's awesome. And it's funky. Oh my God, it's so good. I'm just going to put a splash in right now so that I can do some mixing. I'm not going to put in a whole couple ounces yet. I'm just going to do a little. And I'm going to help kind of make sure that that sugar gets as fully dissolved as possible. But while I'm doing that, it's like, so, you know, a lot of people that aren't very rum lovers don't when, when you say funky rum it's like well what does that even mean right you know and basically what they're talking about is like esters that are yeah. in there and and flavor compounds if i was to describe it i would say that funky rum it kind of tastes like black banana or um flambéed pineapples it's a little bit charred it's a little bit kind of it it, it it you know some would say like a like a like an overripe banana you know how it's in like not very pleasant, but kind of really awesome pleasant, too. Yeah. At the same time. All right. I like shaking this up. I like shaking mm -hmm. that sugar up. Give me some confectionery sugar. Now I'm going to put in the pour of, you know, ounce and a half, two ounces for our friends across the pond. An ounce is 30 mil. So, you know, between 45 mil and 60 milliliters. 
stir it up. If you okay. have, um, I want to get some ice, toss it in there too. Just a couple pieces. If you have a orange peel that you want to express the rind into there, get the oils in there and kind of let it fragrance, you can. I, I don't and don't really feel like this needs one. You got a cherry, you can throw it in there too, but I don't feel like it needs that much garnish either. This is just, what ice. I love about this one is it's just all about the rum here. Ice, ice, baby. Yeah. Ice, ice, baby. Right. Too cold, too cold. So are you, you going to do any up? accoutrement on there and garnish or anything? I am not. I, I, oh, uh, I am not. I mean, I thought about like an orange gumdrop or something like that, but I didn't do it. I mean, you, I mean, hey, it's your drink. You drink it the way you want to drink it. There's no, there's no. So don't don't use Malibu rum in here, don't right? Well, uh, you look. You know, I'm going to say your favorite drink is the what you like to drink the way you like to drink it. So if that's where you want to go with it, go with it. But you know, with me, doing a little old school and trying some new stuff is a cool thing too. Hey, you want? Should we try it? Is this a good color? I, it's gorgeous. Okay. Well. L'chaim, Nestrov, Salud. Oh, oh Mama Lucius. It's all about the rum, isn't it? I mean, it's really all the best parts of the rum come Ooh. out. I mean, it's basically it kind of, just rum and sugar. Yeah, the sugar and the bitters kind of balance that out a little bit. I mean, it, there's nowhere to hide. If you So that's why I would say you try and get a good rum if you can, just like a good whiskey for a whiskey old-fashioned. Because if you don't have a good one, that flavor just gets enhanced. So try and get the best one you can, but I, I'm really enjoying that. Might need another piece of ice. That was good. I have yeah. never had a rum old-fashioned before, and now I want another rum old-fashioned. Well, you better drink your – I'm going to finish everybody's before this whole thing's said and done. Yes. Uh, you can find our podcast, uh, Two Legitimate Podcasts, under the Multimedia Men Podcast Network on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google, and Stitcher Radio. Look us up. YouTube. Click subscribe. Brian Kluger YouTube channel. Find all the interviews, all the fun stuff, and our cocktail hour with Wade and Brian. Yeah, it's going to get real funky here. So check out MultimediaManPodcast.com or MultimediaManPodcast.com. Or you can go to boomstickcomics.com, find all that fun stuff, then come check us out on the podcast. Awesome, man. Yeah, so that cocktail was so good, Wade. Thanks for recommending that rum. Did you really like it, though? I mean, or or you just say that because it's like, I could never, because you're a great salesman, so I could never tell. But did you really enjoy it, or is it a little too booze heavy for you? Good God, I hated it. Um, no, I, don't, I actually really liked it. Like the first time I had a tequila old fashioned, I didn't think I would like it. And then I fell in love with it. And like, yeah. I started doing like the Bloody Maria, which is like, instead of vodka for a Bloody Mary, a tequila Bloody yep. Mary. And I just, I fell in love with a tequila old fashioned. And now I never had this rum old fashioned. Now I'm just like, oh my God, I'm all into rum old fashions. Like whiskey's taking a back seat to tequila and rum for me now. So that's pretty cool. It's really one of those where this rum old fashioned thing, it, it, to me, it plays with the sugar and the bitters better than any of the other ones. Like you yeah. talk about like a Oaxacan old fashioned with like the tequila. I do like a mezcal in there sometimes with that because a little smokiness. It's kind of fun. Yeah. But with but with this, it's like one of those. It feels like this is what it was made for. Right. With the old fashioned. It just kind of all works together really well. But you got to have a good rum. But yeah, yeah, no, I really enjoy this one a lot. No, it was good. It's very good. It is. It, if instead of doing an orange, maybe you do like a little 
squeeze a lime in there or something that'd be very pleasant too that'd, that'd make it even more funky it add a little tartness to the sweetness yeah man so I mean, we were talking about like funky rum i mean are you familiar with funky rum when i said that about like you know banana black banana flambe pineapple have you are you are you familiar with kind of that in a rum before no, so I don't know what constitutes a funky rum from like let's say something like that. I have the the um what's it called the diplomatico, diplomatico or like a Malibu yeah. or something like yeah. that. So so it's one of those you really once you once you try it, like if you go get that Smith and Cross and you go try it, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. It's it's all the esters. It, it's the um a lot of it, they say it comes from you know, and it's weird to say it with spirits, but to the terroir of the of the uh, of the of where it was made, you know, in that you get kind of a lot of the earthiness coming through and where, and, and, you know, there's some rums that you can get that actually you can taste like the salt air, like you can scotches and stuff. Yeah. And they call it in, in Jamaica, they call it hogo, which is kind of like a, a, a English an and anglification of, of the French term, uh, halt gout, which is like, um, it's basically a French term for like a, this is going to sound terribly gross, but it's like the slightly rancid or slightly turned smell and taste of game meat. You know, it's like, you know, gout. I mean, it's like really where it starts to kind of turn. Yeah. But they mean it like in a pleasant way. Right. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like a, it's like a black banana, right. Where it's like, it's spoiled, but it's still kind of good, but in a weird kind of way. And I think of that as funk in general. Right. I mean, I'm going to hit back on that note every time in our discussion today. Cause it's like, that's what funk is to me. It's something where you make kind of a stank face where you're like, like it's like where I don't know if I like this, but I love it. You know what I mean? Well, Yeah. Cause it's like, that's where I'm at with funk too. Rather whatever medium funk is in, because you know, like when you hear like jazz or classical, mm-hmm. you kind of have a face like, Oh, okay, I like this. I'm an aristocrat. And then when you listen to like rock and roll, you have like the head banging and, you know, sometimes the high look, but with like with funk music, it's like a dual genre. Cause you, you have like, like you said, like a stank face, like, Ooh, something yeah. smell, but then you got a smile and you're like, Ooh, that sound, that, that's good. Ooh. Ooh. Well, you get like a Bootsy riff going and he's no, like it's, fucking on the bass. It's just yeah. like, oh, go Bootsy. Oh. It's Bootsy, baby. I mean, that's kind <laughs> of what it is, I think. So I, I, I enjoy it for sure. But before, I can't wait to talk about it more. Me neither. But before we get to our funk main event, we have you know, our, our returning segment, the big issue, uh, where Wade and I discuss and debate a certain topic. Our first episode of too legitimate was talking about PG 13 versus rated R. Our second episode was, you know, debating the Snyder cut justice league. Does this need to happen? Does this not need to happen? Will it be good? And now this third, um, our, our third episode of the big issue, uh, will be, being woke and cancel culture in uh, streaming TV and film. Uh, streaming companies, film companies, TV companies getting rid of certain shows and movies uh, for current uh, society and political um, reasons in addition to offending people. So that's where it is today, right? That's what we're talking about. 
that, it's very topical, right? I mean, there's there's current news situations going on. We're in uh, mid-March 2021 right now, and there's a couple different things that I would argue aren't real issues. They're just distractions because people don't want to focus on the issues. We still are on the backside. Of, people are starting to get vaccinated for COVID-19, but that's not done yet. And then you got economic issues, child poverty. There's all sorts of tough, tough situations going on. And we're talking about Dr. Seuss books and whether or not a Disney show needs to be, have a, have a warning label on it. And I just find that all frustrating on a high level, but you, you, you know, we're talking about woke, right? What does woke even mean? Cause it's like, I hear people talk about it all the time. It's like, Oh, this person's woke. And sometimes they mean it as a compliment. Sometimes they mean it derogatory. But I don't understand what the term even really means. So, when, and, and I, I know that you're not the, the, the one that invented anything like that. But when you're saying woke, what are you saying? I mean, woke, it's, uh, it basically is, being woke is like the awareness of um, issues that concern like racial and social mm-hmm. justice. So if you're woke, you are definitely self-aware and aware of things that are being said not to offend people um and if if you're not woke what does that mean then that you you are unaware and just offend people i don't know if they're like no so i don't think they're actively trying to offend people i just think that they're unaware of it you know you know you see it kind of um like not woke people would be something like the 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 white characters in the movie um oh my goodness uh get out jordan peele's get yeah. out where you know where allison brings home a black guy to meet her parents and her parents just say like i voted for obama twice like that's you know not being woke that's you know <laughs> racism well, right there so i mean first of all i mean let's just not it's an inescapable irony that we have two white dudes here talking about racial justice. I mean, it's fucking ridiculous. It is, it is, it is ridiculous. But I mean, that being said, I I love to have the conversation because everybody needs to be in this conversation. But a lot of times, in my personal opinion, um, there needs to be more listening than there is talking, especially on like, from my viewpoints. Correct. People with similar viewpoints to me. Um, I, I think that, you know, there's a lot of folks that have megaphones that can tell their story. And and there's other folks that maybe don't have as much of a voice that would and should and need to tell their story. Um, When I think of woke, I think of the way that I understand it when people use it in the context or the way that at least I frame it in my head is folks being, being mindful to not be an asshole and, and trying to purposely not be a prick where if you're not woke, I would say you don't care or you're not being mindful about whether or not you're a prick, you know, or offending somebody. And to me, I don't understand why people are ardently fighting against whatever the definition of wokeness is, if that's really what it is. It's like, if your whole point is like, hey, I just don't like be thoughtful, don't be an asshole. And if you say something that offends somebody and you didn't intend to, just try and backtrack it or be mindful of it or think about it. It's like, you know, what you said and what they heard are two different things. Be conscious of that and try and do better. But for some reason, people take it like, oh, 
they got offended with what I said when I didn't intend for it to, for them to get offended. So therefore, fuck you, you're a bad listener. And it's like, I'm, where, where did that anger come from? It's like, because really, you know, communication is I'm, I'm saying something and you're receiving something. If there's a miscommunication, it's on both of us to a certain extent. But I would put to you that just because the listener heard something different than you said doesn't mean that they're the problem. You know, and, and so I think that it's just like we need to kind of be mindful of that, you know, and it's like I think that it gets. But I mean, what do you th- do you agree or what do you think? Man? I mean, I would agree with you. And I also would think I would also add that, you know, people who would retaliate against somebody telling them they're not woke would be, you know, they would say something like it impedes on their freedom of speech or it impedes on their freedom to do whatever they want. And it's just, you know, and then those people don't understand what that, what that all actually means. Well, but none of this is about freedom of speech. Freedom of speech is when the government represses somebody from being able to speak out loud. None of this is government actors. Congress isn't passing laws to silence people. This is all just other folks being pricks or not being pricks and then all of a sudden just claiming free speech one way or the other i mean and we'll get into the cancel culture thing because i have a similar thing i don't understand what that means because like you know i'm i'm an old dude you know we've, we've talked about that plenty of you i don't understand you kids and your and your millennial ways or whatever but it's like you know back you know back in the 80s when they were taught what, what would be going on today when we're talking about what they're labeling as cancel culture the Republicans would label that as like free market economy. That it's like, hey, let the markets decide. If, if people don't want to buy it, then they're going to fail. And if they want to buy it, they'll be successful. And here it's like people are saying like, oh, I don't, I don't subscribe. Folks that advocate for stuff that I think is um, not, that it, that is maybe taking a voice away from certain groups or not aligned with my moral kind of compass. I'm not going to support those groups. And back, back in my day, that's old school Republican free market economics. And it's like, but now it's like, oh, they're trying to cancel culture and all this other stuff. It's like, I don't get it. Well, I think when it refers to like the entertainment industry, sure. I think cancel culture is not a good thing at all. Um, because it, what it's proven to do with TV shows and films and even, you know, people where somebody online will bring up something that this film did a hundred years ago, 50 years ago, or this actor said something 10 years ago as a joke or whatever. And then from that, this person is awful. Then everybody piles on not hearing the side of the story, but just reading a headline and they need to be canceled. And then sometimes more often than not, those people or films are taken away, their, their jobs are taken away, they get dropped by their, um, their agents and like some of it's warranted. A lot of it's warranted, some of it isn't. But there's like a mentality where if something said you're immediately guilty, you're immediately canceled and you're not put in front of a judge or jury. So, well, but you don't need to be in front of a judge or jury. There is no due process rights for being an asshole. I mean, and for making sure that pe- 
you're allowed to be on TV. Right. You know, I, not, I agree with that. Yes. But, 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 in, but what you were just talking about, I think that's three different issues that are all kind of just muddled into one. The first issue is people being able to separate the art from the artist. Right. Right. It, it's like, like, you know, there's Bill Cosby scandals, for example. So the fact that, like, you know, he had all his bad stuff happen to him and folks are like, I don't want to anyone that likes his comedy albums or his television show now is supporting that. You know, I, I get why there could be mixed feelings on that subject. You know, it's like, do how, how tied to the art is the artist? Like if, for example, you find out that your favorite, it's why they say don't get a tattoo of somebody living today because they're going right. to end up disappointing you, right? So there's that issue. And then there's judging the past by today's standards, right? Which is most people would argue uh, is an unfair way of looking at it. It's like you have to look at it in the context in which it was created, not in the con- in the with the lens of today. Because like the '70s was a different time from today, right? And so you talk about like a black exploitation film, film for example, those probably wouldn't be and arguably shouldn't be made at all. But the fact that they were made then was at that time somewhat of an empowerment sort of thing was the argument at least whether or not that's true who knows right but i mean there's that's debatable but the point being that um trying to say oh they shouldn't be done today so therefore they shouldn't have been done in the 70s is a completely different kind of argument to make right and then the other one is just more of kind of a high level general is this good or not is this good for today or not is this good art right so when you're talking about it, which are, are you talking about all three together or you, or is there a fourth or fifth that, that I, I didn't talk about? I mean, how, how do you view that whole lens? I mean, I view it. I think it's like one big over one big uh, under one big umbrella. You know, okay. I think it all goes together and it's hand in hand in hand. Um, do you think that's the problem is viewing it all together? Because it's really, if they're different, problems they're different solutions generally or do you disagree no i think there's different solutions like you say i mean i like to separate art from artists but sometimes it's difficult to like Mm -hmm. you and i've talked before like the top three comedians in my mind are steve martin george carlin and bill cosby Mm -hmm. now one of those three you know it's kind of hard to go back you know like bill cosby himself is one of the greatest stand-up hours ever made and, you know, and then watching the Cosby show on TV, you, you see it and you see him and it's called the Cosby show. Yes, I'd still laugh, I, you know, because it's funny. However, you, ha- you know, out of everybody who's been canceled, he's probably one of the worst. So it's that could be difficult. Same thing with Kevin Spacey, one of the greatest actors. However, seeing him doing his little yearly Christmas videos is really creepy, you know, but maybe I can go back and watch um, usual suspects and whatnot. (laughs) Oh yes. And um, it's, I don't know. I, I think what I'm getting at to move this along with this topic is specifically Disney plus taking Mm -hmm. away certain movies from the 40s and 50s off of their streaming service 
but for kids only. So the story is uh, like, like as of a couple days ago, Disney Disney Plus removed access from kids' profiles from several titles that you know would come with content advisory notices, and that though some of those films include Peter Pan, the original animated Peter Pan movie, Dumbo, the Aristocats, and the live-action Swiss Family Robinson. They completely removed those movies from kids' profiles on Disney Plus, and. You know, and with all these movies being on Disney Plus, because, you know, Disney's been around since, you know, the 20s or 30s, it was a different time back then. Certain language, certain beliefs were widely accepted. I I get that, but just just stop right there. They removed them from kids' profiles. Is that a bad thing? I mean, now kids can't watch Dumbo? I mean, it... That kind well, of is that, is that what it's well first is that what it's saying i mean because kids can still watch dumbo they just have to go on like their parents profile I, like you don't have kids i do right so i got i got a disney profile for my kid set up it's got a, a different menu access when you set it up and if you label it as a kid's profile it creates a different menu system to make it kind of easier to navigate like you know it'll say like it'll have like like on the adult one it'll say like marvel and disney and pixar where it has more kind of picture centered and it makes more sense where if a kid can't read they can still navigate the menu a little bit on the kid's side but the point is you can still see it on the adult side it's just if the kid's navigating through they can't go click on dumbo for example and one does that give you heartburn you know i guess so let's start there does that give you heartburn i mean no, no, it it definitely ticks a little, you know, might skip a beat just because if they're doing that, what's next? Where's the censoring stop? What where, where are they I mean, going to stop? What, what's yeah. your slippery slope that you're concerned about here? I mean, that they'll just completely cancel and never release these they, movies they ever completely again. completely remove Dumbo. Or from, do from, what? No one, including you, no one can watch Dumbo. Let's say that. Right, right. That, that's your slippery slope. Okay. Now, now, let's just say that the slippery slope has happened. They've completely removed Dumbo from Disney Plus, and they went and found the masters and burned them. And no one could ever watch Dumbo again. Is that is that is that the big harm that you're trying to prevent? Well, yeah. I mean, I would shit about Dumbo. <laughs> A lot of people, weirdo. <laughs> huh? <laughs> A lot of people, it's... weirdo. What do you mean? Peter Pan. I mean, there's been so many iterations of Peter Pan. They just did a live action Dumbo movie. But I mean, these are like classic pieces of cinema with like really good messages and heart and stuff like that. And like, yeah, but there's some, but there's some tough imagery in some of these. Like, like you know, it's the same thing with this Dr. Seuss book where no one asked the owner of all those copyrights to remove it. They per, they said the owners of the of the material said, hey there's some stuff in here that I don't want kids to see because that's really not where it references like folks of like Asian American descent, like, you know, really negatively and has bad, you know, kind of racial tinged images associated with him and that sort of thing. Right. And it's like that. The owner of it said, I don't want kids seeing this shit today. 
that's not it's like it, it, and quite frankly you know if you're looking at it from the lens of the past they're like they probably shouldn't have seen it back in the day but there's nothing we can do about any of that but, but did any was that a big deal people. like because i would imagine a kid young enough reading dr seuss is not looking for that context they're looking for a fun book to learn about green eggs and ham or whatever it's the adult telling them this is not fair enough but the whole point was that's when you have some old person today that will say something very racist casually and act like it's not a big deal. And then we all get very uncomfortable as younger folks and are just like, oh, shit. Well, you know, he's really old and he's out of touch and yada, yada. That, they're from a different time and yada, yada. Right. And, but my whole point is that casual racism that was normalized through the books and art and culture is what created that. And so what they're saying is, let's remove that normalization bullshit. Let's make sure that folks today don't see that in Dumbo or Peter Pan and act like it's cool, because it's not. It's putting people down just because of how they look, or where they're from, or what their religion is. Right, right. I mean, the same thing can be said for the Aristocats with, like, you know, the, the, the Chinese cat with the teeth and everything. Like, they went very, you know, cartoony- stereotypical you know what it is i mean as an adult you know what that is you know what's happening yes the kid doesn't and that's your argument but that's my argument too the kid doesn't it just kind of seeps in and becomes normal and then when they see it later on they're like no that's cool because i saw that when i was a kid too not a big deal but we as an adult looking back on it be like man that's fucked up that shouldn't have happened and so you don't, we, we don't have time machines. We can't go fix the past, but what we can do is say, let's not keep perpetuating that bullshit to make it go forward. Right. Right. I mean, and, and with, into your uh, statement about, you know, an older person saying something racist, and then somebody else very, saying, oh, they just grew up. Yeah. Nonchalantly, you know, I would be the person to definitely correct them and say like, this is not okay now. And like, it wasn't okay back then, but it's definitely not okay now. This, and this is why. But what's the difference between that and them saying it with Dumbo? I mean, so with Dumbo specifically, they're most likely referring to the crows, which one of the crows was actually named Jim Crow. And it, I mean, it is very blatant, but back when, you know, I watched it, I didn't think anything of it. I just thought, okay, they're, you know, they're telling Dumbo how to, to fly. I mean, and those crows are like the key and like, mo- like angelic, like creatures that actually give Dumbo his, you know, tell him what he can do. Like they're, they're telling Dumbo, like, it's okay. You can do this. Like they, they're the key. It's not Dumbo himself. It's not the mouse. It's the crows that are like the big key heroes in here. Isn't that the most fucked up part? <laughs> that the racist stereotypes are the hero? <laughs> Which is weird, Isn't that right? why you're saying it's, it's, it's like saying, you know, it's, it's like some, it's like the whole Hitler reference being the, the, the pivotal turning point to get our hero on the hero's journey. It's like, I would want to erase all that shit because Hitler's not a cool dude and perpetuating that is not cool. I mean, that's the understatement of the goddamn millennium. Hitler's not a cool dude. But you know what I mean? (laughs) Put that in your fucking promo. (laughs) 
but you know what I mean? It's like, that's the point in my mind that the they're the pivotal hero's journey role character and they're fundamentally fucked up. That you would, I mean, if you had a kid, and again, hypothetical here, would you want them to see Dumbo? And if you did, would you want to talk to them about that scene? And if so, what would you say? I mean, okay, so with that, I'll answer that question. If I had a kid, I would want them to see all the Dumbo. I want them to see the history where it came from. I want the and then have the talk and like, you know, the kids like, why were they like that? Why did they talk like that? And I would, you know, tell them the answer is like, this is what happened back then. This is what, you, you, want to you know, talk society to your about systemic racism and apartheid. right. But like, I wouldn't, you want, you want, you want to tell that to a five-year-old. But you wouldn't because the child would ask. They would be just singing the songs and just thinking about Dumbo it, but and not the But it's a cartoon. Crows. It's Dumbo. It's for five-year-olds and shit. It's for you too, a grown man that should not be watching those cartoons, but you do. But my point being, though, I mean, th- this is angled for that age. And should you be having this story about systemic racism and conversation with your kids? Well, I mean, right. I mean, well, I mean, specifically to Dumbo, there is that, but there's also, you know, very adult sequence with pink elephants on parade. Like yeah, they get drunk too. and they have a trip acid sequence, like very different. And they were going a different direction because Disney was about to go out of business. And they made Dumbo. And I'm telling you, out. I have no issue with them taking Dumbo off. Fuck Dumbo. You know, I have no <laughs> issue with them taking Dumbo completely off of Disney plus in general, but removing it from the kids profile, I have zero heartburn. Okay. All right. Well, that, if that's what you think, I, with them taking off of kids' profiles, I'm not saying that I'm against it. I'm just scared where that would, where that will lead. Like, I mean, of course, like the big, you know, elephant in the room, pun intended, is Song of the South. That's a Disney movie. It gave us the song Zippity Doodah. However, Disney's never released it. They talked about it for a little bit about releasing it a few years ago and they completely pulled it. And I mean, that movie. Wow. I mean, <laughs> yeah. So are, are you hashtag release the song of the South cut? What are we talking about here? No, I mean, but it, it brings up like, you know, is, is something like for Disney releasing something like, Dumbo or something even even the tv show the office people thought that it was very sexist and racist and they wanted to cancel the office and that's where I'm coming from with cancel culture and why I don't like it I think that it goes too far but but I mean look culture evolves right no I I agree with that just like like comedy evolves yeah right now I I am firmly convinced that the way that I view gender and the way that my kid's going to grow up to view gender, he's five or he's four right now, is going to be completely different because there's much more of kind of an understanding with the, the generations between he and I that are, have a lot more fluidity to how they view gender and gender expression and sexuality and sexual expression. And, you know, not again, I don't consider myself woke per se, but I guess I'm an ally for groups that want to make sure that they, I, I feel like everybody should feel comfortable to live their life. I and to completely live agree with that. Everybody should live their truth, right? Yes. And so what I can do to help support folks in living their truth, I will, I will try and do it, you know, but that being said, you know, I'm going to live mine too. 
but my whole point though is that like to me what's 100 clear is like you know i'm gonna be that guy when i'm like 70 where they're gonna be like oh grandpa wade doesn't understand gender identity things of today because he's just from a different generation and yada yada right and so it's very real and it's it's going to happen that way too but it doesn't mean that like you know i'm trying to stay on top of it right because it's like one of those where it's just like i want to listen to the music of today and i want to listen i want to watch the movies of today if i'm just sitting around talking about how awesome the 90s were all the time it's like i that that seems you know if, if that's where people are at that's awesome but it's like one of those where that's not where my head's at right i want to know I want to love what I love, but I could actually love some a song that comes out next week too. Right. right. No, I believe I totally agree with what you're saying. We evolve. Beliefs, thinking evolves. Comedy, movies evolve. Just like, you know, 30 years ago, we had a certain type of comedy. We had Mel Brooks and then we had Adam Sandler. Then we had Judd Apatow. And now we have whatever's the good comedy right now. It's evolved. Some of it, you know, is you know, tackle certain things, they did certain things. And so I think as we evolve, we learn, we know not to do it again. The thing I'm scared for is getting rid and canceling certain things. That That's what I'm afraid of. Why? That, I, I, I view that as part of the evolution. Let's cancel that shit. If it's not, if it's not getting us to tomorrow, then it's holding us back. It's like, right. let's just... I mean, I'm not saying necessarily we have to burn all the tapes. It's like, yeah, let's keep stuff for educational purposes so folks have context and reference. But uh, but the problem I have here with a lot of the folks touting this cancel culture argument is that they're holding on to shit that is not today and it's not going to be tomorrow. And they are not on the winning side of history. And, and to act like, oh people should i feel this way so people should bend over backwards to accommodate my feelings it's like fuck you it's like you're either with us or against us and if you're if if you're against us you can do whatever you need to do but just know we're still heading down the path and we're not going to slow down because you're the weakest or not the weakest link but you're you're the just because you want to hit the brakes if we got 80% of the f- folks that are trying to get to X and and you're you're saying I don't like that you know voice your opinion give your argument try and compel some folks if you if if you're correct and you're persuasive you'll bring folks around but that that's democracy baby you either sway the opinion you know as long as we're not talking about your fundamental rights right like your 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 undeniable bill of rights you know your constitutional rights all that kind of stuff right which the government isn't oppressing anybody as long as you can still under that kind of do what you need to do it's like just because you're behind in culture doesn't mean that culture needs to slow down because you're not ready to evolve correct i i believe that get with the times it's like technology keep keep up with it (laughs) or don't but the thing is but but that's that's a great analogy it's like somebody that's like, I don't understand AI and blockchain, so therefore they should stop making that tech. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? 
It's like, just because you don't get it or you don't agree with it doesn't mean that we need to stop. It's like, if you're not on board, don't do it. But that doesn't mean that we're all not on that train heading down that path. Right. Yeah. I, I, I mean, think that's a great analogy with the tech because that's exactly it. It's the same that, thing. It's like we're evolving and we're evolving fast. Right. Sometimes and I, it's a I little faster that. than people are comfortable with, but that's where it's going, man. Right, right, right. And I guess I just, you know, why we decided to do this topic today was just, you know, with it being in culture and life, like I am happy that, you know, certain flags are being taken down out of, you know, venues and stuff like that, that it's, it's hateful, it's hatred. And, you know, I got to believe deep down when Disney was doing these movies, it wasn't there to promote hate or really spite a group of people. And maybe I that was think, the case. I don't know, but that's but where I, I think that's the argument though. That's an, or that's a straw man argument, right? Cause no one's saying, Oh, everyone that likes this is a racist. It's like people, people are making up that argument to fight back against it. All they're saying is, is that shit's racist that we shouldn't be keeping it going. Right? So, so, so to act like this isn't about the people. This is about the thing, right? right and that's the right. part that makes me nuts is because people that have an agenda... Here, you go ahead. But I mean, people that have the agenda, I feel like, are trying to manipulate this whole argument into something it's not. Correct. And, you know, the, I, I mean, when you say they keep it, they're keeping it going. I mean, they're, I mean, they're not re-releasing it in theaters. They're not, I mean, the last release they did for Blu-ray, I guess, was several years ago. But with Disney Plus coming out, it's a, in, you know, a giant catalog of all their stuff. And yeah. it was out there and it's just like the Muppets show. They, they had to do things with the Muppets. And, you know, I love the Muppets. I watched some of the old episodes and I mean, it's a different feeling. Like they were a little, uh, not raw. I mean, I wouldn't say raunchier, but you know, they did, they did a few things and there's puppets Peter, made of that. But Peter Sellers is a comedic giant. He's yes. funny as shit, but uh, there was a lot of his comedy that was based in some racial stereotypes. Like the party, right. I love the movie, but it's based on him doing an Indian accent and is very and if it was if if that shit was to happen today, it would be viewed rightfully. I mean, it's like brown face essentially, right? I mean, that's messed up. Right, like, right. Like my point is, I like the movie and I thought it was funny, but I'm viewing it in the context of what it what it should never be made today. Right. And I don't think any of that would be made today. Like the Simpsons no. are changing their thing up. They got rid yes. of certain voices for dr hibbert and apu you know it's been a thing so there's angles with that it's like okay great you're you're getting this you're doing this you're we're doing it so i promise people we're going to get fun too (laughs) yes yes but we wanted wanted to have this debate i think it's a great conversation right and i'm i'm glad we're having it um too i love you buddy i love you too buddy i'm not fully on the same page here but but I love you 100%. And I know that your heart's true. And you know my heart's true. And that, Well, I think know. we're mostly on the same page. I think I'm just, yeah. I think where we differ is that I don't want, I, I, I'm scared that these certain movies like Peter Pan, The Muppets, you know, and other things, where is it going to end? If people literally online just say, cancel this show because of this joke, 
or this thing and they take it away forever. I don't, I don't want to live in a world like that because then it'll be like, we have just a black and white TV screen with Pong on that will not but offend. But don't be, a, don't let, I, and I understand the slippery slope argument, right? And, but the thing is, there's two points I have to make you feel better and help you sleep at night. The first is we should never let fear guide our decisions going forward. Right. Right. And two, that we live in the internet age, baby. Nothing ever disappears. Correct. You send a fucking email, it's permanent, right? Yes. So all this stuff is never going to be going away. And it's, if they banish it, it, let's just say they completely destroyed all the masters, there's going to be digital copies that will live on indefinitely and will be underground hits and will be so, sold bootleg and it'll become the cool thing of, oh, you haven't seen the Snyder Cut of dumbo (laughs) right no so i mean yes i get that element to it i get i understand that i but i think we're on the same page of whatever wokeness we have of whatever we're, we're moving forward with people we're moving with the times and i'm all for it i bring it on i love that i love the conversation all right we had this great conversation uh we, we had to get deep there for a second. We hadn't been deep on too legitimate, but we got deep. Well, we we liked it. all sorts of deep up in it. <laughs> we sure did. But can we do, can, can we, can we get silly? Let's get silly. Let's get, well, in addition to getting silly, can we get funky? I would love to get funky with you. Do I, you love I, funk? I mean, I mean, cause it's one of those things where, you know, when I was, if, if you would have asked me, it's like, wait, do you like funk? I would have been like, excuse me, do I like funk? No, I love funk. And then you say, well, what is funk? And I'm like, I don't have a goddamn clue. I mean, we is talked about I mean? it. I mean, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but we I did. mean, if, if you know, if the definition of funk, I mean, it would go back maybe to music roots. Uh, from For me, the- that's where it feels like it starts. Yeah. Right, in the 1960s, and it kind of was like a jazz, an R&B element that kind of transformed into a more rhythmic, rhythmic, danceable beat of soul. And I think, I mean, I mean, I would say... Wait, you feel like you can dance to funk? Yes. It's like, I'm almost like, I don't know if you can dance to funk. Because I, I don't think like you can funk. dance to jazz because it's no, all over the no. place. But funk has a beat. Funk takes that jazz and makes it danceable, I think. Well, I mean, so so here, when we're talking funk music, let's get into it for a second here. Okay. When we're talking funk music, what what how do you define funk music? I mean, if I was going to, I mean, I would say a couple of words. I would say... Um, I would say Sly and the Family Stone, and then I would mm-hmm. say, and I would say, um, Funkadelic, not Parliament Funkadelic, but just Funkadelic. You know, Are you saying free- Parliament Funkadelic is not funk. No, I would, but I'm specifically referencing just Funkadelic. You know, the Maggot yeah. Brain album, sure, the yeah. Free Your Mind album. That's what I would, and like I said, I would say Funkadelic is more of a jazzy funk. But in Parliament, Funkadelic is like all funk. 
Um, when, when, do, do we agree? When did funk start? Because you said I, mid-60s, and I agree with you 100%. Is there a father of funk or a mother of funk? I, I would say James Brown. I, I can't argue with that. I mean, people say he's the godfather 65. of soul. Yeah, he would. People say he's the godfather of soul, but I would say he's the godfather of funk too. Like, well, he's, he, he's the godfather of soul for sure. I mean, that's the title. But I would put to you that he is the the inventor of funk because I mean, if you think about because like I've been giving a lot of thought, and it's like when when we said, "Hey, we're going to talk about funk," I started going through like my record albums and some of my music collections, and I was like well, how do I even define what funk is? And so I just kind of searched on Discogs. I was like, how much of my stuff is funk? And a significant portion of my collection is labeled as funk, even stuff that I wouldn't call funk. And so I started to kind of think through, well, what, what is funk, right? And so if you take like a music theory class, which I have not, and I'm what I'm about to say is going to be completely wrong for anybody that knows exactly what they're talking about. But if you talk like R&B and rock and roll, which which R&B became rock and roll, right? And all that stuff. It was based on, if you take a measure of four beats, it was based on the twos, fours generally. It was like a pop, pop, pop. That's kind of of R&B. That's kind of rock and roll. But if you look at like funk, Funk is never on the twos and the fours. Funk always is on the ones. And so it's boom, boom, and what happens is everybody comes back on the ones and syncopates for a second, and then they go all over the fucking place, and then they come back on the ones again. And sometimes it's a couple measures, sometimes it's one measure, but it's like one of those where the point is, to me, and it's why you make kind of that stank face when you're when you're listening to it, is because it's almost sexual, right? It's almost just like it, it, it's big and it comes to get it's rhythmic and it comes to get because it's not like because it, like on the twos and fours on the on the rock and roll beat mm, pop mm, pop, it's kind of like fun and cl- plucky and kind of dancey. Well, it's 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 uh it's a cleaner version. I think the funk has that nasty, that dirty feel to mm-hmm. it that you just want to get in the mud. And you're like, Oh, Ooh, that's nasty. And you know, in the best possible gets, yeah. way. Yeah. No, 100%. And that's why I'm thinking, I don't know if you can dance to it. You can fuck to it, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know if you can dance to it. Cause it's like, cause, cause it quickly turns into something too, too nasty because it's like, it just, it's primal. It gets to a weird thing very fast right but i think you can dance to it i think there's certain ones you can dance to it like you know i mean you know flashlight by parliament funkadelic you can dance to that let's Um, place that in right now boom hit it yes you can dance to that also uh rufus and shaka khan ain't nobody that's funky you You can dance to that right by it how here we're on video how are you dancing the flashlight Show me some flashlight moves real fast. <laughs> you know, what a flashlight. I don't know. You dance to that, man. You know, no, because it just turns into gyration and it turns into something that's not PG rated anymore. No, it it's very into. sexual and I love it. But my point being, that's not dancing anymore. That's in something else where we got we to gotta take this elsewhere. If you're talking about dancing, it's like, you know, 
because it's like it's like Prince, you know. It's like when I think about Prince songs, some of them, Prince Prince is a great example of there's some songs that are funk and there's some songs that are funky, but they're not funk, right? Where it kind of, it, it's like, and there's groovy songs too. It, it, look, I'm getting very weird that I'm getting very specific in it, but it's like groovy is not funk. A song can be funky, but not funk, but all funk songs are funky. This is a weird logic problem that I'm not ready to answer yet. Well, if you say Prince, Pussy Control and Bat Dance are funk. Like those are funk songs. Yes, there's because not it's like driving. Yeah, and there's not like a cohesive like it's constantly changing venues and avenues and paths. Mm. That's funk. But something like Little Red Corvette is funky, but it has a rhythm. It's a, it's a rock and roll or an R and B song. Yeah, right, right. So. But Pussy Control and Bat Dance are like, that's, that's true funk right there. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree. So, so what's funk? I, th- I mean, I think, so a- a- another element to a song that's funk, I think, which yep. not many people would ever mention. I mean, I'm going to say Michael Jackson and the Jacksons had a lot of elements of funk. Yes, they had a lot of slower R&B elements to them, but they had funk, but with off the wall and thriller definitely some funk stuff to that but i think but those his, are not funk albums so is there a funk track on there there's a funk a crazy funk track on the bad album and most people have there's not a music video for it and it was just like kind of placed on the bad album as like a throwaway song um and it's called just good friends it's track number four and it's the duo with You're my Michael. Michael Jackson expert. I don't even know if I know this song. Yeah, the song is called Just Good Friends. And it's a duo between Michael Jackson and Stevie Wonder. And the song starts... Oh, Stevie Wonder is funky, baby. Yeah, so they the song starts out with this insane bass riff that... just like that and it comes in and it slaps it's insane and that's like his funkiest track like it is funk pure and simple and it's a song called just good friends about you know them and not a lot of people remember that because that bass in that song is insane and it like goes down different elements and paths and stuff like that and it's interesting because the bad album is like more rock than anything for the most part um with like speed demon and because like what because and he's not a funk artist by a long shot right he's a funk but why did he have a funk song on there is it because he wanted to work with stevie and and stevie is funky so i have i have no doubt on that front i mean is it because he wanted a stevie track on that bad album or what happened no because i think they were really i think they were just good friends like the song says and they wanted him on that because prince was originally asked to be on the album too, Prince and Michael were going to have a duet together on the bad album, but they decided not to. Fucking awesome. Right. Right. Uh, I actually think they recorded something. I guess something I got that's some never rubbing me because I'm just dropping F-bombs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, I got some funky Jamaican rum in me, and I'm loving every second of this. He's loving it. So... I, that I so think. Why didn't why didn't why didn't the Michael Prince duet happen? Because I think at the time, from what I remember reading liner notes and books, is that Prince came to the conclusion I think after they recorded the song because it's out there, but they've never released it. Is that they Prince thought like, well, you already have Stevie on there, you already have this perfect album. I don't need to be a part of it. Wait, and so they didn't do so it. You're telling me that there's a Prince Michael Jackson song that exists today. Have you heard it? No, I've never heard it. And I, I have a lot of crazy Michael Jackson songs that most people you're haven't heard. You're a Michael heard. Jackson expert. Yeah. No, no, it's that I've never heard it. But I think they actually recorded it and they were going to put it on the Bad Album. And I think they ended up putting, um, oh, the last track, uh, the one where oh, he's at. Who the, gives a shit? Yeah, I can't remember the song title no, right no, now. But I mean, but but you're telling me that there is a Prince Michael Jackson song out there somewhere. I just don't, I've never heard of it and don't know about it. That's like, it's like saying, Hey, there's, there's, I don't even know what the analogy is. Cause it's like, it's, it's two mega stars that collaborated on a deal and had a track cut and just didn't release it. Well, shit print. I mean, don't quote me 110% on that. It definitely happened. I just don't know if like Michael Jackson took out Prince because Prince said, you don't need me on here yeah, to yeah. play guitars I mean, and no, sing I, together. The story is extremely plausible. Right. It's just one of those where I can't believe that this isn't in my life. Yeah, no, I, I would love it. Oh my goodness. If they put that on a single, it would sell out. It would be great. So there's that whole Prince album. There's there's a whole like Prince album that exists only like in the ether. I mean, there's like a couple of vinyl releases that were extremely limited, but then the digital age started to come out, and and, and so there there's a whole Prince album that's never been released. Most people don't even know it exists. I've heard it. It's not like to me. I don't know if I feel like I'm missing out by it not existing broadly. But there was a whole Prince deal that came out for that. But the fact that there was like some just Prince and Michael Jackson track, I just find it crazy that we have, I've never heard or we've never heard that happen. I mean, me, I mean, because you know I love Prince and you love Prince too, but yeah. like you're a super huge Michael Jackson fan. And so the fact that those two never kind of, that you and I haven't heard it. That's crazy to me. We're, we, I'm going to make this my mission now. This is my, this is my national treasure moment here, where now I've learned that there's a secret thing that exists, and I'm going to go hunt until I find it. Well, yeah, that, that, there you go. It would be, let me know. <laughs> and I, I I'm want trying you to, to come with me was... on this adventure. I want you to come with me. I want you to be my, my. I know, I'm your sidekick. You and I, let's just go on this adventure together and go find this lost track. Let's do it. Because my mind is telling me that, like, I don't remember if it was Street Walking Man that Prince was supposed to be on, but Michael Jackson ended up doing it himself, if that was the one Prince did with him, but then opted out or something like that. It, it might be that, but I can't remember that. But I think there is a song that they did that's never been released. Because I it's, thought they had a beef. But maybe I'm just mis- misunderstanding. I mean, Paul McCartney and him had a beef a- after Thriller, yeah. but that's about it. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, they they're going to do stuff together. But yeah, other other funk 
uh, artists that, I mean, I really like, you know, you, I mean, earth, wind and fire is a great, a great one. I mean, that it has more of a beat to it, but I like earth, wind and fire. They have that. It's like more soul funk, but then Bootsy Collins, you know, straight out of parliament funkadelic went on his own. And if you've ever heard of Bootsy Collins, I mean, this dude dresses in the essence of funk, like, He's got an outfit. Bootsy is funk. Let's just yes. let's not even Bootsy let's not even sugarcoat. George Clinton is funk. And so when people when people have heard of George Clinton in the Parliament Funkadelic and yada yada yada, but almost everybody though, it, Bootsy is Parliament. Bootsy is funk personified. Right. If funk had a voice, it would be Bootsy Collins' voice because yeah. His, yeah. his, his, he talks like, hey, baby, you know, we got to get funky here. Like that's, I mean, if you listen to any of his songs, that's how he sounds. <laughs> I, I, it's one of those things where it's just, he could say anything. It's just like, I was a baby, let's rock and roll. You know, it's just, yeah. it just, it doesn't matter. It's just, it's Bootsy. And it's like, that is funky. I, I, I think that man is funk personified. Right. And do you think Sly and the Family Stone is funk? Like even the album Stand, like it has more of a melo- um, melodic beat to it, but it's, that is funky too. So, so yes, I mean, it's, I wouldn't say the whole album is. It dances between disco and funk, right? I mean, it's like because that that's a. It was very trendy at the time, and and so that's one of the things I wanted to ask you about. It's like because disco, soul, R and B they all kind of coexisted in that same sort of sphere for a minute and it's like Sly and the Family Stone yes I would label them funk but they had some disco moments they had some other things too is is there anybody that's more I mean because it's like you got we talked about James Brown who who is pretty much the inventor of funk we got Parliament we got Bootsy is there anybody today? Because I, I I have somebody in my mind today that is still kind of the 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 current kind of holder of the funk mantle. But is there somebody in your mind today that is the funk master? I mean, uh, the funk master. So I mean, if I go back, you know, you could say Curtis Mayfield. You know, sure. a very funk guy. Isaac Hayes, funk. However, if you're moving forward in time, I mean, I would say Lenny Kravitz has an element of funk to him, a big element of funk to him. I would say Jamiroquai has a huge element of funk to him. Huge. Both these artists are over fucking 20 years old. I'm talking today, baby. Today. I mean, I mean, uh, the Dap Kings? I mean, how old Mm. are they? Dap Kings, Dap Kings are still releasing tracks. You know, I mean, even even post Sharon Jones, which. Mm, and and then, then I would say, you know, one of my favorite, you know, my kind of local artists, but Black Joe Lewis takes Iggy Pop and funk and mixes them together to make this like different modern funk. Black Joe Lewis. You know, there's elements of Black Joe. Black Joe Lewis is one of my favorite that. Like Sugarfoot and some of those albums, some of those tracks are some of my favorite songs period black joe lewis and the honey bears if y'all haven't heard it you got to go check it out it's awesome but yeah I, I think he but he takes another element to it but yeah sharon jones and the J- dap kings i think is one of but, them but, but to me uh, there's still more soul r&b that's not funk baby it's like who, who 
Like, for example, Kendrick Lamar is dancing around kind of a jazz funk sort of weird hybrid zone where Kendrick Lamar, I, I, I hold him up high. It's like, cause my favorite artist of all time is David Bowie. Right. Right. And David Bowie started to dance into this whole jazz fusion. There, there's a weird near at the end of David Bowie's career with some of his latter albums and Kendrick Lamar. I think there's a lot of cross fusion there that happened. But today, if you're asking me who is the holder of funk that is going to keep it alive, it's Thundercat. And so Thundercat is badass bass player that dances around on so many different tracks. Everybody wants to play with him. He he's on that Kendrick Lamar to Pimp a Butterfly album, but he is all over the place and and he's hilarious too. He's a comic book nerd. Do you know? Do you know him? Do you know? Who no, I do not. I have to look this up. I'm telling you, you and this guy would be best friends he would replace me <laughs> well then let's do that my heart it would break my heart <laughs> but the thing is if i got the chance to meet him it would be worth it to be replaced by him and then i would be like well i'm still somewhat friends with brian we're not best friends anymore but we're somewhat friends so maybe you could introduce me to your new best friend that's what i would hope for well that, but it's like, do it. he, he loves i mean this guy he loves manga and comic i mean like half the time he's talking about going super sane in his goddamn tracks. It's like, you know, it's just, he's talking about like all these crazy things and it's, it, it's all nerd pop culture reference. And he just grew up in that era, but he is so damn funky. I just, he, he is the reason that we're going to be okay on this front. It's like, if, if anybody's worried about funk dying, don't worry. Thundercat lives. And he's going to keep funk alive for everybody. Awesome. Well, like let, let's let's move on to funky films. Like I know because there's there's funky yeah. music and now there's funky movies too. Yeah. And so, what's a funky movie? I mean, we. I mean, you could say something like Black Dynamite. That is a very modern movie, but you know, evokes 1970s. You know, Kung Fu Ninja and yeah comedy right I mean, but but do you feel like funk can exist today because 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 like a lot of your references and that's why i tried to pull the thundercat thing in is that like i believe funk exists today but it's different right no it, like, i think it I, is different but i think that it's easy when we think about funk to think about like 1976 right, right. Because it's like that is Superfly. an easy, funky area era or area. Easy funk era. Damn wrong. <laughs> it's easy that, but but today, like the funky movies I think about, tend to be from that era too, where you talk about. You know, there's a lot of like black exploitation films, like. Black but there's Dynamite. also like Purple Rain, you know, oh. funky. Oh movie. yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I think what's so. The, what's the um, Bruce Leroy Last Dragon? Oh, yeah. I mean, is that funky? Because I kind of think it is. No, I, I think that probably falls in line. I mean, that's what Black Dynamite was doing. It has kind of the same feel. They're paying homage and stuff like that to movies like that. But it's like, so, so, but it's interesting because like, if I think about today, like somebody that's trying to do like the last dragon sort of thing, cause it's all about Kung Fu movies and a love letter to Kung Fu movies. Right. It's like, that's Wu-Tang Clan in my opinion. Right. But Wu-Tang Clan is not funk. No, but they definitely, I mean, have elements. I think they're funky. In, yeah. But I think they are so steeped in that sound yeah. and era that they have they have, they have elements of that in their music, and then they bring that to their uh, orchestra when they're making music for these movies or even their own films now. So, well, for sure, yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those where the so what about like because i think about like when you're asking me about like funky movies i think about soundtracks that's where my head goes right like superfly shaft you know one of the one of the best funk soundtracks that i i can think of today is have you seen black caesar yes i have that that album back behind me speaking of speaking of a soundtrack that slaps yes that is the one, in my opinion. It's like if 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 somebody was like, "I want a funky soundtrack." Here, you're my soundtrack expert. It's like if somebody said, "I want a funky soundtrack." Black Caesar is my number one pick. Can you can you name a funkier soundtrack than that? I mean, Black Caesar is a hell of a funky soundtrack, and that it's would so be good. hard to top. It's James sure. Brown. I, yes. mean, I mean, for the folks that don't, that don't know, it is just James Brown. Right. I mean, you know, The Harder They Come is a pretty good one, uh, soundtrack-wise and movie-wise. But, like, Black Caesar is pretty crazy. Like, I mean, I, like I said, it's behind me now. I've got an original copy of it. It It's good. Is there a more quintessential... Because, you, again, you're my soundtrack expert. Is there a more quintessential funk movie sound ost original soundtrack than than black caesar no i mean i guess i mean if you're doing if you're i mean you know you could say you can make an argument jackie brown but that's more soul i think not funk soul i I love that album i own that album i love that album but there is some soul and r&b there where it is just not 100 funk right it is you know, and I mean, you can make an argument that, you know, the modern movie Hustle and Flow, 3-6 Mafia, you know, that soundtrack is super funky. But is it true funk like Black Caesar or Shaft or Truck Turner? No, it's not. Uh, so I would say Black Caesar, you know, might be that. I mean, even the even the soundtrack to Friday has a crazy funk version. I heard it, for the, I heard it through the grapevine. Yeah. Um, and there's uh, there there's songs on there. I mean, there, there's a song called, called like that's Funkalicious or something like that, or Funk Dubious or something like that. I mean, there's tons of stuff like that. But I think for true essence of funk, 
I mean, Black Caesar, Superfly, and Shaft are your top three. Is there any modern day ones like Juice and Hustle and Flow and some? Yeah, Menace to Society. But I mean, again, yeah. like you said, 20, 30 years ago. <laughs> so yeah. modern movie, what? Maybe Hustle and Flow might be one of the most recent ones that I can think of. You know, Ooh, like that's I, just a signal that we need a funky movie, right? I mean, like Pixar's Soul is very jazzy, but it also has it's like that funk jazz and but it's it not funky i mean the, the soul is not funky you, right it, that, that's a great question <laughs> can you make a funky kids movie <laughs> the thing is it's like peanuts is all very jazz heavy right it's like all the charlie brown stuff and the peanuts it's all extremely jazz heavy but could you make a funk heavy kids I- I mean, I would say Futurama's opening theme is very funk. I would say Invader Zim opening is very funk. Uh, I would I would go with those two off the top of my head. But as, I mean, maybe Afro Samurai. Um, but again, most people don't know those, you know? You know, like even Rick and Morty, I don't think is true funk. So no. No, but the thing is, it's like, I it's creative and fun. Yes. I mean, the thing is, it's like, fun isn't fun. I mean, again, we just got to get down where you make that stank face. Yeah. Right? Ooh, ooh, that stank face. We, is that what society needs right now? Is that is that the problem? Is that we don't have enough fun I mean, in our is, life? Well, is there... I mean, is there anyone out there that hears something from Parliament or Funkadelic, or both, that does not put a smile on your face, that does not make you tap your toes. Like, I don't think there's anybody that exists like that. Like, you put I on put funk th- music, and you're going to instantly have a better time. It's so funny. I put a theory out there that if you listened to George Clinton or Parliament, just one song a day, every day for the rest of your life, would that make you a better person? And I think the answer is yes. Yes. I mean, it's like Atomic Dog. Who doesn't want to hear a song about an atomic dog? <laughs> I mean, it's just so good. I mean, because the thing is, it puts, especially if you started your day there, because it's like we've all had tough days and all that stuff. But if you started your day with just that stank, mm, I it, mean, you, I mean, take for example, before we move on out of this. The movie with Eddie Griffin called Undercover Brother. Fantastically funny movie. Funk. It's underrated. It's, no, it's I mean, great. People, and it's funk. People probably haven't watched it. Yeah, but it's, oh, it's hugely, it's all funk. And the opening of the movie is George Clinton's to the roof off the sucker, to the roof off the mother sucker, to the roof off the sucker. And it's like, plays it in its entirety through the opening credits and as Eddie Griffin is going out and driving around and you instantly are having a good time it, even before the opening credits open. But it's, you're in that zone. Yes. Where it's just like, yeah, this is what we're doing. We're having a moment where it's just like, mm, mm, mm. I love it. Yeah. And it's like, we need that vibe, especially in the COVID era. <laughs> We need that vibe right now. We need we need some stank. We need it. some we need some stank. We need some stank. 
when we're talking about having that stank face, I mean, that's really what it comes down to, right? It's like, it, because it, when we talk about it, I mean, that's what it is, right? Where it's just like, I talked about the rum and then I talked about the music where it's just like, where you have that thing where it's like, I don't like it, but I love it. <laughs> that is funky food. I mean, it's like you talk about like cheese. It's like Parmesan or some of the other things where it's like blue cheese. When when people smell, the, when you smell it, you're like, oh, that smells like stinky feet or that smells like something terrible. And I love it. It's like that is funk in and of itself, right? Right. I think there, when you say the stinky face, like when I go to a cheese shop uh, here in Dallas, I always ask, one of my first questions is like, what do you have then today that is the funky cheese? And Mm. they're like, oh, this and this and this, and this is why, you know, because it has that, that tang, that, that funk let you know you smell it and you're like ooh oh and you're like let me get a taste of that and you know it's not sweet it's not you know lemon tart it's something that's completely different that you're like does this taste right oh my god i got to get another bite of it yes we're late in the discussion now so we can kind of say put the kids to bed because we're talking about putting some stank on it i mean it is where it gets all sexy right where it's just like that is part of the whole thing where I, I, that's the through line. I mean, sexiness is the through line to the whole thing, right? Where it's just like, there is some sort of primal. It's, it's surface level. Unpleasant, but primal underlying level enjoyable that that is funk to me so you say that and with the sexual energy between people that's why people say oh her funk gets me off you know something like that like but they're talking about their pheromones their aura correct it's the but it's their funk and that you know there's that energy to it right well it's like there's some people that to have a smell that will eat that is not pleasant but just get you in that zone and there you know it's it's one of those things where it's just like you can't explain i think it is the pheromone level where it's just it's it's a primal unexplainable sort of i feel like you're getting there you're you're slow you i mean not slowly you've quickly gotten in there right now (laughs) i'm gonna be honest with you i think this explains our relationship where (laughs) there's no reason that i should love you as much as i do except for the fact that i just love your funk so much baby oh yeah was there was there a moment when in college where you were like i like that funk (laughs) you put some stank on it and i loved it was it when I got no, naked I mean, and ran through the hallway? <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, I mean, I would never, no. I mean, to be just unfortunately honest, no. But I mean, at the same time, though, there is some element of that with there are some people that you dislike but love to be around, right? Yeah. 
and it is funk. I mean, that is funk. That is it, right? Yeah. Where it's just like, I don't like this person, but I have to be around them, and they bring me some level of joy that I can't fully explain. That is funk. It's like, whether you're talking about food, whether you're talking about music, whether you're talking about whatever, maybe maybe that's the definition. Maybe we started out asking the definition, maybe we ended up at it, but it's like that it's like, I don't want to like this, but <laughs> but I do. I, I have an urge to love it. And that's what you feel about me, huh? I don't want to like it, but I have an urge to love it. I think that's what most <laughs> people feel about this fucking podcast. <laughs> There's no reason this is enjoyable for anybody. But, You're a good man. But I mean, I think, I think when it comes down to it, it's just like, oh, you know, I miss this. And it's there's some weird. I don't know. You're terrible. I'm an <laughs> asshole. So I don't know why. Together they cancel out for happy, super good fun time. <laughs> Brian, Brian rarely breaks me. He's break. He I, I broke twice during this fucking discussion today. It's like because normally. Our relationship is me cracking him up, but twice during this discussion today, he's cracked me up, and that's oh great. good, good. All right, so moving on from our funk discussion, that's our funk discussion. We're coming up on our last little segment, tentatively titled the the segment formally titled um, Classic Rewind, now called the Filtered Signal. Hum. So. <laughs> so the whole point was you know there's a lot of nonsense out there in the world today and i think that instead of trying to talk about like oh you know this is some thing that in the past that you need to kind of the classic rewind element i don't think it was accurately capturing what we were trying to say our whole point is that there's a lot of noise that exists in our world today and Brian and I are unfortunately or fortunately for you watching all that bullshit. But what we're going to tell you is here's the cool stuff that you should be watching because we're we're suffering through the nonsense so that we can tell you okay no this is cool. And so I want so so basically here the signal the filtered signal is talking about this is the stuff that you should be paying attention to and just forget all the other noise that exists out there. So right. I have something I want to talk about. Do you want me to go ahead and bring it up now? Yeah. Brian, what I want to talk about is something that you actually kind of raised with me at some point. Okay. You turned me on to this and I've loved you ever since. And it's oh. like on Hulu, there is a special called In and of Itself. Yes. And the thing is, I'm not going to tell you anything about it. <laughs> I don't want you to look up anything about it. What I want you to do is just set aside 90 minutes of silence and meditation or whatever you want to call it. 
but set aside a block of time that's about 90 minutes where you don't have to think about anything else and turn off your phone and just watch this thing. I'm not going to tell you what it is, what it's about, what style or format or any of it. Just, go in just, blind. Just go in blind. This is what Brian did to me. And this is what I'm doing for you. And you're welcome. Because you're not going to know what to expect. You're going to know early on what this is. But you're not going to know where it goes. And I just want you to go in with an open mind. Go in not with expectations. And just relax and enjoy the thing for a second. Just block out 90 minutes. You're going to enjoy it. Because it's an emotional roller coaster. And in the end, it's good. It's it's not, it's you know, I'm not going to say your life is going to be different because of it. But you're going to enjoy yourself. And maybe your life will be different. I'm not going to try to put that, hey, don't don't fight it. I mean, you might, you might look at things differently. Maybe just you slightly. You should. Yeah. I would. I did, personally. Um, I've bought a couple different... I've, I've bought some books and thought about things differently since I saw this movie. We, You and I, Brian, have never talked about that. But um, it, it's, it's changed the context and how I view certain things, which I love. Um. But I feel like I'm overselling this a little bit because it's I like don't think the, so. I've told this is like my favorite thing I've ever seen. Like I've not ever seen, but I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to make this a life changing religious moment here, but, but my point being that like, it's, it's enjoyable. You're going to get something out of it. Just block out some time, especially with all the craziness in the world right now. It's very, it gives you the opportunity to reflect for a moment. And I want you to enjoy that. So in and of itself, it's on Hulu. Derek Delgadio. Um, it's awesome. It and is awesome. Yeah. That, that, that's, a, that's a perfect filtered signal for sure. Get that beacon out there. Can't stop that signal. Uh, great, great pick, Wade. Um, mine is definitely not as poignant for sure but nonetheless it's fun uh i'm the this fil- un- this filtered signal i'm bringing to you is a movie that came out good god when did it come out i think it came out in 1997 and it's a movie called running time and it's a movie directed by josh becker it's all in black and white and it stars bruce campbell you know, Evil Dead, Army of Darkness, one of my favorite, one of my favorite people. And so this movie, Running Time, nobody's heard of it. Nobody has seen it, but they should because it it's, a pretty, it's, it's awesome, first off, but it's got classic Bruce Campbell in it. But the movie's in black and white and it's made, it, it's shot to look like it's filmed in one shot, like just one continuous mm-hmm. shot. But, you know, uh, unlike certain other movies, this movie, like, is literally, I think it's like 89 minutes long. And 
the it t- it's 89 minutes of film like of storyline so it takes place from bruce campbell getting out of prison his friends pick him up and they decide to go rob a business and that's what it is and it is awesome it is so good the dialogue's hilarious there's some classic bruce campbell stuff in there but also has like a good romantic angle of somebody trying to get him out of the game and betrayal and friendships and whatnot and it's just like filmed beautifully in black and white kind of like a like a noir uh but it's also kind of got comedic elements to it but i just think this movie is so under the radar called rain time and they just released it like a month ago finally on blu-ray for the first time through uh synapse films highly recommend this movie it is so good um, and kind of like something different from what Bruce Campbell is known for horror B movies. Cause this is not a B movie. This is on another level. So running another time. one of those where I've never seen it. And I'm so excited that I get yeah. a chance to see a new kind of cool movie. It's like, because you've turned me on to so many awesome movies. And it's like, this is another one where it's like, Oh, Oh snap. It's like, even though I've known you for 20 years now, you blow my mind with another one. So I love it. That's awesome. No, yeah, it's great. It's a uh, running time. It's fantastic. Please do that. Um, I'm going to watch it for sure. Good, good. Everybody good. else watch it. And, and then we're all going to comment in the in the comments field here about whether in or the not comments it's a good field. recommendation. We all know mine went, was a good one. Right, yes. Is, in and of Brian itself is next level great. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that is, uh, that kind of brings us to almost an end for, uh, too legitimate, but I don't know. Did way, did you prepare a question? I always have a question in the back pocket here. Cause it's oh, like one of those, we have our final segment where, cause Brian, you are the interviewer extraordinaire. Yes. The, the interviewer of the Hollywood elite. I mean, a lot, I, Yesterday, I watched a video of you interviewing Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, that's A list. <laughs> that is A list. It doesn't get bigger. It does not get bigger than that. And it's like one of those where I see you interviewing all this greats, but it's like what I what I keep coming back to is we don't know enough about you. We don't learn about you through those and, things. And I hope that these last two questions, you've gotten some pretty good answers. I've gotten amazing answers. You know what? It's like I'm no no BS. You actually blew my mind on a couple of these. And it's like I've talked to folks like, can you believe this? It's like it's it's it's, it's so I love this opportunity to kind of ask you another one. And I'm gonna ask something far more benign now because we've gotten we've dug in on some things. We're gonna come back to some scandal at some later points here but i want to ask you a little bit more kind of fun question here cool it's you you consider yourself to be a somewhat of a foodie right what would you say is kind of your like let's just say you're on death row because you murdered a bunch of people and you're a terrible person i mean we talked about it earlier about all your misgivings and how you're you're tough to be around sometimes thank you thank you (laughs) you're welcome well you're bullshit i mean that's all bullshit but my point being you're 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 on death row 
and you have to you can pick anything you want as your final meal. What is the 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 final meal that you would pick for your 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 very final meal? Um one dozen Boston cream donuts to start out with. Uh you start with dessert. That yes. says a lot about your personality, <laughs> I can be honest with you. <laughs> One dozen Boston cream donuts, uh, and then I would do uh, like two chicken fried steaks with gravy, mashed potatoes, um, white gravy, white gravy, cream gravy, and um, green beans. And uh, I would do uh, like um, not cornbread, but like real thick rolls, like just like beady rolls those buttery yeasty rolls yes yes and then to top that off a slice of pecan pie slice of chocolate pie um and that would be that and probably and probably like you know some some dublin dr peppers to wash it all down so you start and end with dessert yep (laughs) do you have a sweet tooth i mean you consider yourself the sweet tooth guy or i mean like, do you like sweet foods more than savory foods? No, I like savory foods more than I like sweet foods. Uh, but I'm a huge fan of dessert and sweets because I always like to kind of have a palate cleanser, you know, before and after. So, like, before I cook a meal here, um, while I'm cooking, I'll, like, dip my hand into the cookie jar. I'll dip my hand into the brownie basket while I'm cooking. So I have a little sweet before I get savory. And then I'm, you know, I'm more better about it, not having dessert every night, but I enjoy eating pie. I enjoy eating cake. Well, it makes a meal, right? I mean, it it depends on if you're eating or having a meal. It's like, if you're having a meal, there's, there's, there's a, there's a beginning, a middle end to it. It's almost like, I would argue kind of bringing this whole thing back to the very beginning um, from a relationship standpoint to be kind of coy about it. It's like, you got to have some foreplay and then you got to have some magic hour. And then you have kind of the, the, <laughs> the after dinner, the, the after smoothing sex out period. I mean, if foreplay is one dozen Boston cream donuts, I am diving head first into that. I mean, (laughs) clearly that is your foreplay, right? I mean, I feel like we found your love language and there it is. Right? So yeah, that would be my final meal on death row. You really are one of the funkiest folks I know. I mean, I'm going to say it right now. It's like, I've loved this conversation with you. It's like, I really feel like I learned something, but also that i've just had a really good conversation with you man i've had a good conversation with you i love you too man i love you too i'm glad we're doing this this is too legitimate the end of the third episode number three i can't imagine anybody's listening to this shit i mean is really anybody listening (laughs) (laughs) everyone's listening so you're you're subscribing but come on man i mean it's good. It's good. So we're on I iTunes. You, we're on Amazon. We're on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, Google, Multimedia Men Podcast Network. We're too legitimate. Wade, you can find him on Instagram. You can find him on this podcast. No, on you Boomstick. can't find me anywhere. I don't do anything. I, <laughs> one of those, 
It's like just go look up Boomstick Comics and just go find Brian. Don't don't bother with me. This is all this is all nonsense. I get the chance to talk to my buddy. I, I love every minute of it. I love it too. And you can find me Instagram. You can find me YouTube. Brian Kluger, just type me in. I am DB. I'm on, uh, you can find me on Clubhouse, the new audio app. We're talking on there. It's but good not stuff. Only that, but you got to go to like Multimedia Man podcast and check out all the other ones too. Because there's so many amazing podcasts that Brian is releasing. It's like he's got so many cool like interviews or different discussions with different things. It's like one of those where I love it because I just go listen and I get to learn so much about all these different topics. It's so fun. And you can get frustrated because he's so wrong on so many things. Then you could just kind of be like, what the hell is he talking about? And that's what this show is, is you guys just text me and tell me what I need to call him out on. And I will. Please do that. His number is. (laughs) You can find me at, at, you know, all the the oh god damn it this rum <laughs> this is good we love you two legitimate podcast <laughs> i've had too much rum this is always a train wreck <laughs> what's happening